This is Francis Silvangio, and you're listening to Passion for Health. Today, we're speaking with Norma Wood. In her role, Norma is the operational lead for the delivery of workplace safety initiatives at Alberta Health Services. She is also the lead of a provincial task group that's aiming to improve reporting of violent patient-to-worker incidents. The task group includes members of the AHS workforce and representatives of the Alberta Union of Provincial Employees, United Nurses of Alberta, and the Health Sciences Association of Alberta. Norma, first off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks, Francis. I've um, been with the organization a long time, actually. Um, since 1989, I started out at the Children's Hospital in uh, in Calgary, and I've had the opportunity to serve in a number of of leadership roles, which has really been um, enjoyable, but I've always been very passionate about about health, safety, and wellness. And in about, I think it was probably 2009, I first heard the term psychological safety, and I became very interested in that, and uh, since that time have been passionate about that topic, as well as um, how we might put supports in place to make that possible for our own people within AHS. Now, in previous podcasts, we've heard about how AHS is working to shift our culture away from accepting violence as part of the job. Can you remind us how AHS defines workplace violence? Sure. Um, To some people, the word violence in a workplace setting might seem really harsh, um, but it has become accepted as an uh, internationally, actually, as a term uh, that is used in most industries, including healthcare. healthcare. Um, It takes many forms, uh, can be physical or non-physical, and it includes the whole range of behaviors from verbal abuse and bullying right through to physical violence that might be hitting, spitting, um, and, and things that cause physical injury. And there's a, a growing recognition that um, not only can violence cause physical injury, but also psychological harm. Um, just maybe to give you a little bit more context, um, healthcare workers as well as social workers or, or people who work in social services are um, almost four times more likely to um, experience violence in the workplace than in other industries. And uh, at least 33% of the violence in Canada occurs in those in those settings. And we know that healthcare workers are at great risk. They can be um, probably... Um, third behind police officers and first responders as as victims of violence. So it's we think that this is really important not only to define violence but also to to address it and do something about it. And you might be interested to know that in um, AHS one of the interest one of the reasons we're interested in um, violence from workers or from patients to workers is that pretty much the vast majority, like 94% of our incidents um, are from patients to workers. And, And so it's obviously a really big issue. As part of this work, I understand that AHS consulted a number of frontline teams for high risk of experiencing violence. What did they tell you about barriers they face in reporting violent incidents? The, uh, well, first I'll comment on the frontline team idea and then uh, about the barriers because those are really two, uh, both two important points and it's a great question. 
Um, we have, um, in some of the work that we do, much of the work in workplace health and safety, we work very closely with our union partners. And this, this area of study is, is no different. And the um, patient-to-worker violence um, has been identified by our unions as an area of critical, of critical importance and high priority. So we wanted to make sure that we were involving, um, and we're highly unionized, so we wanted to make sure that we were involving our unions in that work. And we've been very fortunate to have great representation across all of the, the teams that we've been, and task groups that we've been working on um, to, ha to have that support. Um, healthcare workers in many different settings from uh, from laundry workers to frontline care providers in nursing, um, physicians as well, all healthcare workers can be exposed to, um, to violence. When we think about barriers for reporting incidents, um, it's really a worldwide issue that there is a significant underreporting of uh, incidents of violence in uh, in healthcare, and that's not just in Canada, but across the U.S. and and also um, in other parts of the world. And there are reasons for those barriers, if you like. First of all, we have a duty of care, and so we think of um, our responsibility primarily to be to the patient. And if they're having um, an aggressive or a violent episode, we we tend to focus on the uh, on the care, not on the on not on the violence. So that's one barrier. Another one is that um, there is again worldwide an attitude that in healthcare, it's really just part of the job, and so we need to um, accept it just because that's what we do. We're trying to we're trying to change that. Also, people um, uh, can get can be worried about the confidentiality of the of the patient interaction and not wanting to stigmatize their patients. Um, they may not realize that a reporting is expected, and in rare cases, but it does. We do hear about this. Uh, sometimes our healthcare workers feel that there's going to be retribution if they if they report violence, and we're really trying to change that perception because certainly from all of our AHS leadership, that's not something that we support. From your perspective, are violent incidents in healthcare on the rise? And can you tell us a little more about why AHS is focusing on this issue right now? The reported incident of, uh, incidents of violence are on the rise. Uh, we know that. We started reporting officially on a quarterly basis uh, since 2013. That was when we first responded to um, a required organizational practice for Accreditation Canada that requires quarterly reporting. So what we have noticed is, especially over the last year or two, the, the incidents of violence have been on the rise. And that may sound like a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. We feel that it can be a good thing if it means that people are understanding that reporting is important, and so they take the step of reporting, they feel more safe to report, and they are paying attention to the impact a violent incident has on them on themselves. So yes, the incidents are on the rise. Um, we're focusing on this issue now because really the numbers are big. Um, we may have... Um, you know, in the hundreds of incidents um, related to harassment and bullying in the workplace, and we may have thousands of incidents in um, over a period of six months that relate to patient-to-worker violence. So, the, so they're big numbers, and uh, we we can't afford to ignore that issue. Why is it important to report both intentional and non-intentional aggression and violence? And are you concerned that we're singling out patients with complex health, addiction, or mental health concerns? 
by reporting acts of patient-to-worker violence. We provide care to ill and vulnerable patients all across our system and we never want to stigmatize our patients, but we really are trying to help our own people understand that it should never be at the expense of our own safety, that the environment has to be safe for everyone, not just for our patients, but also for our workers. Um, we have um, skilled professionals in our system who understand that aggressive and violent behavior can be part of a patient's illness or, or condition. In fact, one of the, the biggest precursors to aggression in a patient is some kind of altered mental state, whether that be an illness, an injury, or a substance use. And so that can be a, a, a precursor to to, um, to violence. But we need to um, not only try to prevent these issues, but also understand what, give, what gives rise to them. And so truly, it, we need to be partners in care so that even if it is an elderly patient with dementia who is combative, that we understand how to sensitively and properly address that issue without putting our own people at, at risk. And we want to re, uh, remind people that they don't need to have permission to submit an incident report. So even if um, an incident comes about uh, as a result of an unintentioned act, uh, it is still appropriate to report. And people don't need to ask their manager to report. They don't need to um, get permission from um, from any other co-worker in the environment. If they have uh, experienced an impact, they are they are free to report in the, um, the worker safety system, which is the MySafetyNet system. From what you've shared, AHS is better able to focus on the people and places at highest risk for violence by analyzing incident reports submitted by staff and physicians. Can you tell us a little more about this? For sure. We have been uh, reporting incidents of violence, as I mentioned, uh, since 2013. And every quarter we look at four categories of violence, which include criminal violence, um, domestic violence, as well as worker-to-worker -worker violence and, um, and patient-to-worker violence. We look at those trends, and um, as I mentioned earlier, the overwhelming number that we see are from uh, patient-to-worker. Um, again, unintentional, but nevertheless, those are the biggest numbers. So we're trying to understand um, where those come from, um, what, are, what are the environmental factors that lead to those incidents occurring, and then how can we, uh, and how can we prevent it. So we're in a place right now where I would say we don't have a great understanding of the data that is in front of us. Um, as I said earlier, the incidents are increasing and we're not sure why. We think some of that may be an increase in reporting per se. Some of it may be that, um, that we really are experiencing more incidents and what does that exactly mean? We also have numbers of reporting systems including the reporting and learning system, the uh, worker safety system which is my safety net as I mentioned, as well as systems in protective services and human resources. So sorting all of that out is going Going to take us uh, some time, but we're um, looking to the literature, to the expertise within our organization, and um, and also leadership direction to um, analyze those reports on an ongoing basis. What is your ideal end goal from all of this work? That's a great question. The end goal is really a workplace where everyone is safe, not only our patients but our workers. 
where we understand the risks that are associated with uh, the kinds of aggression and violence that come with the work that we do, but that we prevent injuries, and whether those are of the psychological or physical nature, and that we have a, a safe environment for all. That's the end goal. Do you have anything else to add? I think that probably what I would like to say is that healthcare is a very uncontrolled environment in lots of areas where the risks of aggression and violence are real. We know that. We want to prepare our staff for the situations that they are going to face in those environments. We want people to take care of themselves, to, uh, to be resilient, uh, but not to accept it as part of the job. It's a risk that can be mitigated, that can be controlled, and we're interested in preventing, responding, and reporting. Uh, I just want to leave people with that final message, probably. Thank you so much, Norma, for being here today and sharing your thoughts. To learn more about workplace violence prevention and safety expectations, visit www.ahs.ca backslash safety expectations. If you need help or health-related information, please call HealthLink at 811. This is Francis Silvangio, and you've been listening to Passion for Health, produced by Alberta Health Services. You can follow us at ahs.ca backslash podcast to add your comments. We'd love to hear from you.